eyes above, so below. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist, and uh, as I like to say, I still do psychotherapy, and psychiatrists aren't doing very much of that these days. And I love doing it. And it's very informative about um, meaningful coincidence, synchronicity, and serendipity, because uh, meaningful coincidences can play a very good part in psychotherapy. There was an article in the Los Angeles Times uh, on December 1st about my book and about coincidences. And um, a psychologist uh, from Los Feliz in California uh, wrote the author of this article. And this is what he had to say. He's a PhD psychologist. Uh, he's from Dublin, Ireland. And at age 15, he arrived in Los Angeles. He's 76, has been in many years of, of Jungian analysis. And he set up a Skid Row mental health clinic uh, for the LA County Department of Mental Health. His name is Kevin Flynn. And you can contact him uh, by putting that name in your web browser. In March 2021, uh, he had a dream at 7.06 a.m. regarding the release of a butterfly from a wine bottle. A butterfly from a wine bottle. Remember, he's Irish, and that's still a joke, as you'll see. I woke up noted and noted the time and wrote in my journal that my only brother had died age 79. So here's a butterfly leaving the bottle and going someplace. Uh, five minutes later, his sister-in-law called his, the wife of his brother to tell him that his brother, Matt Flynn, had passed away. So around the time Matt Flynn had died, um, he had the dream of a butterfly being released from a bottle. So he thanked uh, the author, uh, Deborah Netburn, for the article, and he said, Irish mysticism is still alive. Cheers, says he. Well, our guest today is a remarkable woman, you will see. Uh, she's a pediatric nurse practitioner, CEO of Rogue Nurse Media. Get Rogue, because she ain't cut out of the usual stamp, as you again will see. Um, she's host and producer of the Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. <laughs> she is a writer and teaches writing and storytelling to healthcare professionals through the well-written nurse. <laughs> Ursula is also a practicing shaman and helps patients journey through their own personal stories to heal PTSD, depression, and anxiety with a focus on personal empowerment. She's, she'll tell you, but I'm going to ask her where she's coming from right now. Well, geographically, that is, never know where Ursula is coming from that she lives in beautiful downtown Burbank, and she'll tell us what's in beautiful downtown Burbank, California, where she was born in Los Angeles. Burbank's uh, just right there with LA. So welcome, welcome to the show, Ursilia, and please tell us where you are and what you're surrounded by, at least uh, physically. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Beitman. I'm happy to be here. And I'm in Burbank, the media capital of the world. 
So I'm right smack in the middle of uh, many television stations, Warner Brothers, Disney Studios, Universal Studios, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. Uh, those are just off the top of my head. There's a lot of independent studios here as well. But Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious because uh, um, a couple of people have contacted me about doing a movie on um, meaningful coincidences or synchronicity. So keep that one in mind uh, that uh, that may coincidences sometimes bring that that those ideas together. So there's there's some movement towards that with what I'm doing. So you're in beautiful downtown Burbank and you're surrounded by movie studios and other studios. And you think that life is a screenplay. I do. I believe we're living in a simulated reality, much like the movie The Truman Show, much like the movie Stranger Than Fiction. Uh -huh. And we like to ask who's writing the screenplay, but we'll leave that for another discussion. It, it seems like somebody is. And all I, all I know is I don't know what the studio looks like, but I love being in this movie. So it, it's, it's the best way I can think about it. But I like trying to figure out what's going on around here. How does it happen? And so are you. So why don't you tell us one of your the, a recent coincidence story, Ursilia? Sure. I think I started to realize that I was in my own personal screenplay, as I call it, and as I teach my students to see life to make it more fun. Um, I was dating a gentleman and I was on a walk one day and I was having these weird feelings. It was kind of like an, a quantum entanglement that I had with him. And all of a sudden I went in, I wanted to write him a letter. I felt like it. So I walked into a store, I bought some stationery and it, on the stationery, it said, not today, Satan, right? And I looked over to the side and what I had found was a scarab, a necklace, a scarab, oh. uh -huh. a beetle, like a beetle, just like in Carl Jung's famous story. And I picked it up and I asked the shop person, I was like, have you ever thought of your life as a screenplay? And she said, no. <laughs> and one of my friends told me, well, her life is boring. And that's when I really started to study coincidences uh, and I had you on my show. And after that, I really started to hone down on who we are in our personal stories, as in the hero. One day I wrote a blog about heroes because I was frustrated in the dating scene. And I was like, uh, wrote off of Bonnie Tyler's song, I Need a Hero. And so I wrote a blog about that. And the next day I went into clinic and one of my patients, my last patient of the day, his name was Hero. And I, you know, asked my medical assistant, can you read this patient's name? And she read it and she's like, it's Hero. I go, you read that, right? I go, I just wrote a blog about it. And now this patient is here. So I went into the exam room. The mom knows about this story uh, because I've explained to her how magical uh, he was into helping me push me forward into what I'm doing right now. And um, so he was about one years old. Uh, I was diagnosing him for autism. I was doing a physical exam on him and it, it seemed like he was uh, autistic because he didn't answer to his name. Like he wouldn't turn to his name. And I thought, isn't that interesting? The hero doesn't turn to his name or the hero doesn't know his name. 
what does that mean? So I took this question to several uh, writers that I know. One was a comic book or two were comic book writers. And I and we were talking about superhero lore. And so one said, well, the hero could have amnesia in the story. The second is the hero doesn't know that they are the hero, which I found very fascinating. And the hero doesn't know they're the hero until they get their superhero powers. And that is when they get their name. And WandaVision, uh, that comic, and it was on uh, Disney, Wanda doesn't turn into the Scarlet Witch until she gets her superpowers. And I found that very interesting. And I started to look at that in my life. I kind of ignored it until... Um, my big story started to happen that I told you about. Well, and we're going to, we're going to go through that, but I think it's what you're saying is beautifully described. Uh, uh, Ursula, I can see you going in and examining that uh, child and he, he turning away and you having to raise the question about, he doesn't know he's hero. He doesn't know he's a hero or the hero. And then, in order for him to know that he's a hero, he's got to have his superpowers and be aware of the superpowers. And exactly. Then he, so it, it's a it's for me it's like a Clark Kent thing. He doesn't know it's he's very Superman. Very true. Very true. And super and many superheroes don't know that they are like Spider Man is the same thing. You know, it, their origin story of how they come in to being the superhero and Batman is the same thing. I mean, you could look at all superheroes, and they they have that same storyline that follows they do have that story and i don't want to get too distracted but i think i will for a minute here uh, the, the x-men uh, they know they have their powers they have to discover them uh, early good. on but they have to discover them and i don't know that any of them think of themselves as heroes in the x-men stories but i love the x-men because it's a group of people with special powers working together to try to do something positive for the world. And I believe that's what's going on in society now. Many people are waking up to their own superhero powers and we're all interconnected and we can all use them together. It's pretty fascinating. That's that's a major uh, input uh, uh, push for me is to use meaningful coincidences as a way to help people find not only their superpowers, but also their purpose for the superpowers. Exactly. And how to connect with other people in that movie so that the coincidences show us how we connect with each other, the invisible currents that connect and unite us. So we, we have that together and i like to have different movies about the big movie i mean it's a meta movie movie of individual movies is what it ends up being that we're, we're each contributing to and I, I like to see the pieces come together and you're just helping to describe one so what do you think of that and let's go on to your story i think that's very interesting and um i love those movies how everybody is interconnected in some way uh, one of my favorite movies is all about my mother, uh, which came out in 1999 by Pedro Almodovar. And he really looks at archetypes uh, in that movie, uh, mainly the female archetypes, which is the mother, the actress, um, 
the saint are the main three that he goes over. And these women are all interconnected and it's a full circle story. It starts where it begins. I teach that in my classes, which is my favorite story. So um, yes, but it's all very, very interesting. Um, My story has been interconnected with other people's stories. And I do teach this in my storytelling classes. And I've had clients come to me. Um, I've been taking them as consulting clients who have been having these types of interconnected coincidences, and they think they're going crazy. And um, they'll tell their family members who are not very much awake, I guess you could say, or not connected with their higher self and say they don't understand. So they come to me and I was like, oh yeah, I've had many of them. And this is how you can navigate your life to make it much more fulfilling and better. The thing is to not get so obsessive about them because that can be a tendency as well and not read too much into it, but just kind of see it as more playful and see how the story unfolds. But that's how storytelling is. It's like a gradual unfolding of uh, what's ahead. Uh, and of the story and the dialogue and the narrative and whatever the protagonist is going through, which is like the hero in your story. So tell us your story. So my story, which I think this is to date my most interesting coincidence. I have lots of them. I try to generate them as well. How do you, how Um, do you, how do you generate them? um, Yeah. Through meditation. Uh, also, uh, nutmeg is a great psychedelic uh, that N- I nutmeg. found. Nutmeg. nutmeg. Yep. There's research on it. I was I was putting a lot of nutmeg in my coffee and eating a lot of pumpkin muffins. And I was like, I felt like I was rolling, you know, and I, I've never used psychedelics. I've never used LSD or mushroom psilocybins or anything. And I just was seeing stuff. And I was like, what is happening with me? And one one day I was speaking to one of my friends who's dealt with a lot of psychedelics. You know, he had a whole book on psychedelics. Well, it's to say that nutmeg is kind of a psychedelic for you. And for that, me, yes, for you, but, yeah. it is, and, and, but it is and, a site. There's and it works for it. other people that way, too. Um, and finding your drug of choice, and it might be something like <laughs> nutmeg, is very important for people to be able to do. But let's go. Let's go to your sure. story. Sure. So. Back in June of this year, um, matched with a guy on Bumble. I had matched with him before um, many years ago. We never went out, uh, but we were Facebook friends. So I went ahead and reached out to him and was like, hey, I saw that we matched on Bumble, but you deleted me. So why don't we go out for coffee? You know, he lives in my right next to my city. He's a teacher. We have things in common. Uh, He teaches his students how to play chess. And I thought that was very interesting. So we have coffee and I had listened to a podcast that he was on because he also does um, bench press and he had won many championships. And as I'm talking to him, you know, I'm intuiting that he needs to write a book. And then he tells me to listen to this other podcast and I'm like, okay. So I do. And in the podcast, he's speaking to a newscaster in Miami. And as he's speaking, he starts talking about these two children uh, who were his students who died in a car accident, a drunk driving accident in Joshua Tree, California. The podcaster does. The, the, my friend. friend Yeah. So he, the teacher, these were his students that he was talking about. Okay. 
And so all of a sudden, as he's telling this story to the newscaster, there's electrical difficulty. Like there's, it, it's weird. And I, and I've been doing podcasts since 2017. That doesn't really happen. And if you're a newscaster, I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't you just give it to your editor, you know, to clean up or just um, stop the the whole podcast and, and try to reconnect again. But she was well, let's, let's, com let's, let's comment on that for a minute. Uh, uh, one of my podcasts has a, a Jungian and, and tell, talking about how under high emotion on Zoom and particularly even before with Skype, which was weaker, that high emotion would be correlated with a disruption in the in the communication between the people talking so that's, that's really interesting that's that's not it's not uncommon for that to happen this is highly emotional the, the, <laughs> these, these things are psychokinetic however you want to talk about it so just yeah. for our audience to know that's not such an odd thing to happen so please continue well, I've never heard it on a podcast, so I thought it was odd that when he starts talking about these two deceased children, that there's this weird, like, static yeah. going on. Yeah. And it's not a YouTube podcast. It's an audible podcast, right? So I went ahead and did some research, and I watched films. Here we go again about films, you know, how much they are so a part of our reality. I was watching Poltergeist and uh, researching it, uh, white noise. And I started to look at these frequencies that can happen if there's someone, if you believe, on the other side trying to make contact. So I then call this gentleman up uh, that I went on a date with and I tell him, you know, my findings. I was like, this is, I think they're trying to make contact with you from the other, the other side. And I am psychic, intuitive. And I do get communications, you know, I don't really channel it so much because it's just a bit too much, you know, I'm super sensitive. So, um, you know, he was just like, okay, but you're saying you do think of it. You're saying you do get communications from the other I do. side. Okay. I do. Um, and so I thought nothing of it. A couple of weeks later, I go to a, um, theater, uh, they're having a Hollywood Fringe Festival here in Hollywood. And um, I go see a one-person show by, and it's called Grief, a one-man show. Before I go into the theater, I go into the bar next door. And, um, you know, there's a wall with a bunch of flyers. And I look at the flyer for the show. And right next to the flyer for the show is another flyer that says coincidences. Okay. Well, you know, I like that. <laughs> so I thought, well, this is interesting. Um, like I say, my life is a screenplay. So I thought it was very funny. And I go, I wonder what's going to happen next. So I go and watch the show. And uh, the man is talking about how his two children got, uh, were in a car accident with him uh, and were hit by a drunk driver while they were in Joshua Tree, California. Well, uh, let's pause. Let's pause on that one, Ursilia, because that's uh, that's a very important uh, illustration, very important illustration of how what happens outside of us uh, is often a mirror of what's going on inside of us. And how that happens is part of the fun of understanding coincidences, mirrors of our minds. And here you were going to a play having wondered about the static uh, in the podcast. And there we were mirrored by this grief 
one man show. So right. that that and then you had just so you made just so you paid attention, you got to see something that said coincidence on the board there. And so you said, mm, wow, this looks like a coincidence to me or silly. You get hit on the head with it. I so, do. And that that's just what happens sometimes. It's like, pay attention, you know, pay attention. I, mean, uh, I, I really like I really like the hammer on the head version of this. So, OK, so there you are um, hit over the head with a coincidence. So then what happened? So I leave the next morning. I try to tap into one of the kids uh, whose name is Ruby. The children's names are Ruby and Hart, who died. And um, I hear in my head, my dad is a fucking now. <laughs> I don't have to say what you hear. In your my head, dad what? is a, an a-hole. Uh -huh. So um, and I was just like, that's really interesting. OK. Uh, and so then I go ahead and call the guy went on a date again and I say, Hey, are, is this the dad of the two kids? Are these your students? He's like, yeah, that's Ruby and Hart. Just nonchalant. Like as if he almost knew that he was, he's like a mentor of sorts sending me on this journey, which is mm -hmm. bizarre. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that seems like what's happening. Um, so I was like, well, I need to speak to you, you know? And um, I go, I think that Ruby's trying to make contact. So I, I speak to him the next day and, I can't speak to him like I, I'm having shortness of breath and I'm feeling this other energy, which tends to happen sometimes when I get these channelings. And so I, I go, I think Ruby's been trying to make uh, contact with you. Um, she's very excited. And he goes, yes, they, the children were very close. I was close to them. Uh, I was their personal math tutor. And we had these personal jokes, like make it count. So this gentleman is very in his ego. This is what we have to understand, which I thought this was interesting. Stuck, like he's just very uh, serious all the time. And these kids were always playing practical jokes on him to get him out of his ego, you know, to make that childlike self come out. And he had known Ruby ever since she was like five years old because he teaches at an exclusive school where only Hollywood people go to. And uh, it, it was all very interesting. So I give him the message. He even told me you did a eulogy at their funeral. The interesting thing was he told me um, there's a, a Jewish uh, cemetery here in Los Angeles. And I had driven by that Jewish cemetery probably a day or two before I was speaking to him because I was I, I do work what's called locum tenens, and I was working at another clinic. And I, I was like, oh, I just drove by that cemetery the other day. It's a very interesting cemetery. It's old and there's headstones that stick out. So, I mean, I didn't know what to do with this story. And I just was like, oh, it's just one of my interesting coincidence stories. And I just left it there. And I felt I was just like a psychic secretary passing on a message to this gentleman, you know. And, and, and you didn't and you weren't able to um, think about its its impact on you. Uh, I didn't. You, yeah, just, no, you, I, you were just a medium or a connector between. Right. You and this other guy. And to, to summarize the story. Um, you meet a guy in a coffee shop. He tells you to listen to the podcast that he's on. Um, and he, he, you hear the, the, the story of, of Ruby, uh, of the two kids dying in Joshua Tree. Um, and the same story that you had heard before from uh, the, the, the guy who's the teacher of Ruby and, and her brother and heart. Mm -hmm. and heart. 
So you you hear a parallel story on a podcast about Ruby that's like Ruby and Hart. He didn't say their names. He just said uh, my students and and he dedicates the reason why he was talking about them was because he dedicates his trophies from um, bench press to them. Okay. okay. So the, the teacher has two students that die in a car crash in Joshua Tree National Park, not too far from L.A., from a dunk, drunk driver. Okay, that that's the one. Then you go to the grief, one man grief show, and you hear almost the same story. Uh, his two mm-hmm. children killed by a, a drunk driver in Joshua Tree National Park. And you see the coincidence thing on the wall and you say, hmm, that's a coincidence. So you call this ego-filled um, teacher uh, who gave a eulogy to the two children right. and, and try to be able to uh, communicate with him about it. But he didn't, from what I, so far I get, he didn't really, wasn't that interested in your parallel there. Um, he was, and he was like, he didn't want, he want, okay. So this is what I've studied, which I've been looking at, um, recently. I feel that people will speak to me through their higher self or their subconscious mind, their voice changes. I I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I understand that. And so this is what he was doing. So there was a part of him that really wanted to believe and wanted to communicate with me on this, but then there's that ego part that was holding him back understood you know and and part of what we're doing you and i and others like that is trying to be able to reduce the ego and expand them together right conscious and the subconscious right um the (laughs) good old freud and uh and carl jung too i mean that's that's the idea when you call the subconscious the higher self i get crazy because to me those are different things it's not that they're unrelated they are very related but bringing them together is nothing is something else uh, i mm-hmm. think there is a higher self for all of us that we can appeal to that covers the whole thing that is us including what we call subconscious unconscious and higher self but that's a that's to be that we can maybe yeah get that's that another later. thing that i'm studying and i'm not clear on and let's le- you know, let's leave that's, that that's alone something different yeah <laughs> so so where are we in our story here you're the psychic secretary okay. So, yeah, I've kind of let it go. I go, I'm the psychic secretary. I've already passed on this message. And I felt that that was it, you know? And so then a few weeks later, I go to my clinic in Palm Springs. And um, my nurse, I've been working with him since 2017. He knows all my wacky stories. And he always gets excited when I have a wacky story. And he asks me, do you have any story? Like, people are always asking me, do you have any interesting stories to tell me? So... Um, I go in and I was like, oh, I got to tell you this story. And as soon as I start telling him, he goes, were those kids in a 2019 silver Prius? And I was like, yeah. How- which which the, kids? The grief the, or? The, the-, the kids, the Ruby and Hart. Ruby and Hart. kids who had uh, died in, in the um, drunk driving accident. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. And he goes, well, in 2019, right? And I said, yes. And he goes, oh, and he pulls up the case and he goes, did you know that the woman who killed them, she used to bring her children to our clinic? Wow. But not only that, her mother used to do our billing. So it's so this is coming closer to home for you. Right. And at this point, I start getting freaked out. I was like, okay, why am I in this story? Who am I? <laughs> so then I start to really look at who am I in this story? Why and am why? I in this? Why am I in this story? Ask Ursilia. 
Hmm. I well, now am, <laughs> I am now in this story. So please explain why Ursilia is in this story. I think I've kind of figured it out. So my nurse is an incredible researcher uh, and he pulls up this woman's case and her name is Nicole Parker. And she had, I think, four prior DUIs and there was a um, warrant out for her arrest when she killed these children. And she did not go into jail until 2020 December of December, which is weird. She was out of jail for almost a year because I guess they had to prove this case and maybe because of COVID it complicated things so we looked her up and they had not tried her uh, I, I mean she's on 2.5 million dollars bail sitting in a jail but had not tried her case and her case gets put back every six months which is weird I mean she committed murder but she's sitting in a jail for almost two or three years now. And I thought that was very interesting. So last night I started to research it again. And this is a huge problem that I don't think very many people are talking about uh, in the prison systems here in California. There's over 44,000 people sitting in jails. Because there aren't enough judges. For trials. There's not enough judges and uh, attorneys have over 400 cases each. But not only that, um, you know, you're you're entitled to a speedy 10 day uh, a trial within 10 days if you're sitting in jail, but you can forgo that in a lot. And a lot of these criminal attorneys will use that as a tactic and try to prolong these cases as long as possible. So then people forget about the case, uh. which I thought was very interesting. I was like, whoa, and it, it's a huge thing. You know, we hear about healthcare and how how crazy it is, but I think everything's falling apart. You know, um, the justice system is falling apart. Not very many people are talking about that. But I found a whole expose um, from CalWorks. I think it was uh, last night. So it's all very interesting. But to bring the story full story, what why, it happened? Why don't we get back to wanna, the story? <laughs> right, right. So, so full story. I think so. Maybe I need to pose this question to you because you're an expert in coincidences. In at the end of April um, of 2022, I went on a camping trip to Joshua Tree, and in the morning, I woke up and I went to the Circle K where these children were murdered. And this was before I knew this whole story. And I see a monument. And it says, I re I still remember, like, I didn't remember when this was happening in June, but then I remember, I go, wait a minute, I went there in, uh, you know, camping, and I remember seeing this monument, and I think it did say Ruby and Heart, and there was like a little saying or something, and I remember looking at it, you know, because I had to really go back into my memory, and I remember saying, I wonder what happened so here's the thing. Do we create these stories? Like, had I never gone to Joshua Tree, would this story even have happened? I don't know. Didn't you go to Joshua Tree? You went to Joshua Tree before you had before. coffee? Before you had coffee with the guy in the coffee yeah. shop? Yeah. Okay. So uh, it was in my subconscious. Like, I had already seen this monument with these children's names on it. But I didn't remember when <laughs> I was at the coffee shop well 
I uh, have invented a term called human GPS uh, or uh, inner GPS might be a better name where we get to where we need to be without knowing how we got there. And here you are uh, bumbling around on Bumble and you're um, you're ending up at a coffee shop and hearing the story of, uh, of Ruby and Hart um, from this guy who was their teacher and you had not too long before that seen uh, a, a memorial or monument with their names on it so you became curious when you saw that uh, monument for the two of them you thought they might right. have been lovers you you thought yes i did i didn't say that but you brought that up you read my mind see telepathy i did think that but i did not say that <laughs> You, I, 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 I appreciate the telepathy thing. I like to do it. But in the story you wrote to me, I'm reading it while you're right. talking. OK, OK. As you put That's it in where there. you got that from. Uh, I'm just I don't think I can be telepathic listening to all these details because I'm just trying to absorb what you're what you're telling me. It's like um, there's that you thought they were lovers. So you wondered about them. So you became curious about them. Now, the idea that you would create um, the beginning of this movie by bumbling to bumble and going on the coffee shop and talking to this guy who would tell you the story of his two students dying in Joshua Tree National Park with, from a drunk driver, that you could find this guy to tell you the story. From my perspective, begins to suggest again how sensitive you are to the yeah. stuff going on around you this is a very very sensitive thing to pick up a lot of people for human gps can go rescue their brother who's about to commit suicide and not knowing how how he how the brother got to the sibling uh out by a lake in a forest someplace that we'd never been there before neither of them before so i mean that's really a rescue thing and that's human GPS or like I lost my dog and I got lost and we found each other as that that was very important to me. But for you, you raise the question and talks about it suggests how sensitive your the environment is to what you think and how that influences your behavior. That's what this suggests to me. You've talked about sensitivity, but this is high level sensitivity. So the first thing it suggests to me is it's an illustration of how sensitive Ursilia is to her own thoughts, creating the environment, creating situations that connect with what she's thinking about. That is correct. Right. And, um, I've learned to just hone that and, um, yeah, you gotta be careful. You have to be very careful. I mean, my environment, uh, that I create is very peaceful. Like I said, I, I mean, um, I'm having to sell my home because it, it you know, it, it's just not for me here anymore. Um, but, yeah, I have to be very careful who I let into my reality and why, because things can go kind of nutty. They can. And and here is an illustration of how what you think connects. And, and the, the underlying theme for me in this, Ursilia, is romance, because you thought the two of them ruby and heart were romantically involved and you try you were bumbling to find this guy uh, maybe as a <laughs> as a, That's guy. a good connection yeah so the parallel is emotion 
uh, uh, searching for love. You're here in beautiful downtown Burbank. Here's a woman and nurse searching for love. And, and one of the protect one of the characters is named Heart. Isn't that interesting? Character in what? Well, one of the child that died, his name is Heart. Yeah. Yes. Get it? Oh, you got to have Heart. Yeah. Right. Somebody very important to me is named Heart, too, who I feel a lot for. Uh, so you got to have Heart. Miles and miles and miles of Heart. Now, you're in some kind of screenplay, as you said. I prefer, as I mentioned to you before, is I'm in a, I like being in a musical because I, I come up with songs every once in a while that seem to fit the circumstances. But we each have our own kind of movie to be running around in, which is what I think so interesting about what you're telling us and so important about what you're telling us. And let me repeat, she's coming to us, ladies and gentlemen, from beautiful downtown Burbank, California, where there are many, many movie studios and yeah. other studios. So fantasy is being created all around her. I think that's oh. a that's a good uh, analogy, yeah. So when you live in the middle of that, and I have, I believe, been in beautiful downtown Burbank, one of those California swimming pool, palm trees outside, everything's warm, isn't it? Beautiful places. And it's weird there. I mean, it's weird. I lived in Santa Monica for a little while, but but that's near the ocean, so you have a break. But being in Burbank is like, it's strange. And now I'm hearing from you as I get more, I got more tuned to it, environment, how environment comes into our minds. Very it's, true. Yeah. It's no, that. it's mm -hmm. no surprise that someone to me, that someone as whose boundaries are as permeable as yours, whose boundaries are as permeable as yours or porous as yours, as some people might say, would be thinking and living that her life is a movie because you're in the movie capital of the world right That's there. True. And it's been there a long time before there were when there were a lot of orange groves around, they were making movies there. And that history is there. So given how sensitive to you are, as you can see what I'm saying, what is what's no surprise now that you would say you're in a you're in the Truman movie or a movie like it. It's very true. I mean, I, I've been going to movie sets as a child, so uh, movies have been filmed all around me my whole entire life. Uh so, so yeah, I think it's very interesting. And it, that should be uh, an interesting section for uh, research for you. Like, how are there more coincidences in California, in Los Angeles, uh, per se, because we live in a place where so many movies are made? Do people generate more coincidences and have these types of phenomena going on? Well, that's a very good question, because... As as your old mentor, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, would say, not that you ever right. met him, but he's still in your mind. He said the movies are like life with the boring parts taken out. <laughs> right. Movies are filled with often filled with coincidences, narrative movies. And I've been wanting to have a film festival in which the audience has some buttons that they can push when they see a coincidence happening on the screen. I mean, how often, especially in Woody Allen movies, does somebody in New York City show up that's important to the pro protagonist? Uh, Charles Dickens in writing 
about London, people would run into each other in that busy in that busy town, that busy city, because that's a lot of way reality works more as Alfred Hitchcock was saying. But I think it gets exaggerated because the boring parts get taken out. So there's going to be more coincidences in Burbank, I think, for just the reasons that you <laughs> that you're suggesting. So that's a good idea. Getting getting funding for uh, doing stuff like this is now my current problem. The coincidence prize has got a little cash. So now we're, we're, I'm thinking about research projects, but that's let's let's just raise that very interesting question now you were you there's more to your story about uh this this uh this guy and uh and ruby and Hart. um uh, you wanted to write to the da um uh, you right I, I was trying to think of what my role yeah is. that's what we need to so, be able to figure out so as like i said with the whole hero phenomena you know i was like I don't know, but I did find a um, a journalist who did an expose on this whole story of people just sitting in jails and waiting to be tried. Uh, so I was like thinking maybe I'll reach out to him and see what else manifests or, um, you know, I, I don't know. And, and but, one of but you the things. But you can't. I, I, no, it's still manifest because I don't know what to do with it because I've told people, oh, I think I'm going to write a letter to the DA and people have told me not and, to. And you, and you didn't. And let's, OK, did you didn't. Not. But you, you wrote uh, you wrote to a previous podcast guest, a psychologist, a psychologist in London. Oh, that's uh, right. To be able to try to understand what's going on with this movie, and she told you to tap into Ruby and ask her what she wanted. So you did. You asked Ruby what she wanted, and what did she say? So Ruby was a writer as well. Uh, both of her parents are in the movie industry. Um, her mom is a producer. And Ruby said uh, she wanted to be a writer. I mean, she wanted to be. Uh, immortalized in my stories and and that's what i got you know and so um, here we are kind of immortalizing her because uh you two is going to be around for a while uh and we are talking about ruby so ruby tuesday we are talking about <laughs> you and and it's not it's not even tuesday so here we are memorializing you uh and so this at least you're you're here in a kind of permanent more permanent way Exactly. Um, so John C. Riley. Right. So that was interesting, too. So I saw uh, when I went into that bar, I saw John C. Riley, and he's uh, an actor and he's done many. When he went into the bar where you saw a coincidence on the on the wall. So I saw John C. Riley there and I thought okay. that was it felt very dreamlike when I went into this bar. Um, again, the, that's where you saw the coincidence thing on the wall. Correct. And correct. that was before or after you went to the one person show. That was right before. Right before. Well, OK, that's really cool. Coincidence said there's going to be a coincidence. Uh, OK, I didn't get that sequence there. OK, so and then John C. Riley was uh, an actor, uh, as you wouldn't be surprised to run into an actor in uh, downtown beautiful Burbank. And, well, that was in Hollywood. So but it oh, was so far away, so yeah. far away. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Just I hate to walk it, but that's what everybody does right. yeah, down the street. OK, so so there's John C. Riley. 
in this bar um, just seemed a little bit random uh, for such a big actor like him to be in this bar. So I felt very dreamlike. And again, I'm always trying to piece these coincidences um, like a puzzle. You know, what did he mean? Yeah. And so I I, I went ahead and looked at his IMDb and the movies that he's been in Uh and, you know, read his Wikipedia, which he's very, very interesting. uh, And you would never think it because he's a comedic actor, but he's done a lot of um, interesting roles. And one of the roles in particular that stood out to me was Wreck-It Ralph. So he does the voice of in this cartoon called Wreck-It Ralph. And I watched the, the movie Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, and um, the guy that had taken me camping, who I was dating for a while. This is different uh, from the guy in the coffee this is, shop. Uh, this is different. Yeah. Oh. You know, I'm a Pisces like you. I'm a romantic. So I like to date. So. Oh, I forgot. I should have <laughs> known. What is your birth date, Arcelia? March 5th. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry for you. Uh, now I, I have much more sympathy for you now again thanks for reminding right? me this is a who knows what's where with us guys i mean i know and the boundary problems just come with the business of being a fish so true, that's like true. That's, okay so i got it so anyway you're acting so so i was looking at this gentleman and um that i was dating and you know the really nice guy very sweet to me but he was drinking a lot quite a bit and i um had uncovered that he was an alcoholic like i didn't see him all that often uh and you know it looked like he had been an alcoholic for quite some time and um and it was sad to me you know uh and i was like oh my gosh he's like wreck it ralph because he would work in Joshua tree and spend a lot of time living in his van kind of doing the van life but he wreck it ralph wreck it ralph would do it Wrecked Ralph would, uh, yes, to, and he Joshua would do Tree. it too. No, Wrecked Ralph didn't go to Joshua Tree. Wrecked Ralph would um, sleep outside, and nobody like he was kind of like an outsider because. But he John C. Riley went to Joshua Tree. Is that what you're saying too? No, no, oh, no. John C. Riley did the voice. The guy I was dating was going uh, wait, go to Joshua Tree. Yeah, now, this this reporter from the L.A. Times has a tree in Joshua Tree, a Joshua Tree that she communicates with. And I, I was Stop very it. I was very happy to hear that because there's some trees that I have a relationship with around here and she does, too. So, I mean, we're we're swirling, trees are great. We're swirling around Joshua Tree here, too. OK, so got to come out. Got to come out to Joshua Tree before it gets too hot, though. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I, there's a lot of little things getting me to go to L.A., um, but uh, that's another story. Yeah. So it, uh, that's um, so the the guy you're dating goes to Joshua Tree to camp. And we right. got we got to connect that with Wreck-It Ralph. And we got to connect that with uh, John C. Raleigh actor. Right. So go the ahead. guy I was dating was a contractor and he was um, doing a lot of work in Joshua Tree. So he would spend a lot of time in his van. But he was kind of like isolating himself quite a bit and just living out in the land. And in Wreck-It Ralph, that's what Wreck-It Ralph does. Wreck-It Ralph just breaks everything. So it's a video game. Fix it. There's Fix-It Felix and Wreck-It Ralph. So they so the guy you're dating and Wreck-It Ralph have parallels with yes. each other. They build yes. and they wreck. Okay. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And they sleep outside. <laughs> and they sleep outside. Okay. So another mind mirror for you. Right. Now uh, we're 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 having we're getting close to the end of this. And in the way I think about coincidences, 
the Wreck-It Ralph coincidence with John C. Riley and the guy you're dating can be a commentary on the Ruby and Hart coincidence. Can you see any connection between the two? Not so much. I, I don't know. What are you thinking? I'm not. Uh, I, I'm first just trying to get both of us to think that here you are juxtaposing the John C. Riley because he showed up when you saw a coincidence on the board and he had parallels through Wreck-It Ralph to the guy you were dating. Again, what we have here is Ursilia's romance thing. I mean, that's that's what holds this all together. Yeah. And that's what I've been told that I'm creating this reality, you know. Well, I, um, it's it's part of your search for love is part of what I think this is. Mm -hmm. It's like it's just Definitely. I mean it's the, the Pisces problem with that is immense uh for some of us. So let's let's just acknowledge that. But part of what you have to do <clears throat> is you're searching. So we have three stories that are about Ursilia's search for love. Right. I guess you could say that. Yeah. I just did. So <laughs> let's let's just say I said that. And uh, let's just say it's time for you to comment on that possibility. Because your I'm sorry, your first question was, what's this? Why am I in this movie? Right. Why am I in this movie? And, and like, does, does this romance thing tell you anything more? Um. Yes and no. I, I mean, let's, I do the, just... let's do the yes, because it's a okay. lot easy to do no on this stuff. <laughs> um, yes, because it is my search for love. And, and I do see it as a journey of sorts, because I, I believe that any I've been I've been single a long time. So I believe anybody that does come into your life does have either something to teach you and vice versa, you know, like our lives are all intermingled, you know. Um, and I did write a letter to this gentleman because I'm no longer seeing him, but I did write him like a letter and I had told him that he needed to at the very least just stop drinking and driving. So um uh, and that was in, I hope that like, cause I felt responsible then if I knew that he was doing this and God forbid another situation happened where someone had to lose their life at the hand of a drunk driver. I just want to, don't want to feel, you know, kind of well, responsible. Let, let's, let's be a little more uh, clear about my role in this movie. Okay. Yeah. What's your role? I am now in this movie too, uh, because we're talking about this movie. True. Uh, yes. So I'm in it. And and uh, my search for love has been going on for more than a few weeks now. Oh. Uh, it's been going on all my life. And it's like one, another one, another one, kind of like what you're describing. You but we said, talked about it on my podcast, too. I remember because you're an avid salsa dancer, right? Or an avid salsa, dancer. but dancing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's yes. <laughs> Just we'll say yes. It's still going on and it gets deeper and deeper. And it's a great educational experience. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, at least for you and me, as potential reflections of each other, wondering about love, wanting to love, yes. having open hearts to love, needing to love, wanting to have, I need somebody to love. I mean, I love it, it. <laughs> we, we, we need somebody to love. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, sometimes the love gets overtaken by just wanting to love and not 
recognizing the other person's response to it. Right. And and that person has his or her own thing going on with him or her. Very true. And I believe we, a lot of men are shut down. I mean, from my personal experience, so, a lot of like, men are shut down. But the women that I've been involved with, there's a kind of shutdown or there's something that's different as with men and different women. It's more complicated. It ends up being the same thing. There's something about having to recognize your impact, the love right. you're feeling on that other person. And it becomes a question for me. I've wondered, I'm wondering that just recently. It's like, what's all this loving need I have? What is it? Mm-hmm. What is this? Is looking for, need somebody to love. It's really, uh, it's, it's there. And I wonder how, I think it's, it's not, nothing's characteristic of everything, of every sign, but uh, you're the third um, we have three Pisces now uh, with wanting to love and be loved by lots of people, not just one person, the need to be loved. But it's nice to have one single person that's the main one to love. That's what I'm thinking about. But God, I got to love a lot of people. It's just the way it is because I got a lot there and, and I, I want to do it. So what do, what do we make out of this need for love? What do you think about that? human beings i mean we all but need each other not, i feel but you're that not in, you know? you're not married and um, i'm separated so we're not exactly mm-hmm. the same as everybody else and i'm and your stories tell you tell me anyway that y- these are your searches for love each one of them correct, that correct. doesn't come out and you got to have a ruby heart a red heart a uh, uh, full of oh love. my gosh oh my gosh that's that's i love that Gotta so have it, a ruby heart. Wow. It's beating strongly to yes. find where you can go with this love. And I, I that's what I see you doing. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm thinking. And w- we're in this movie now, a similar movie, di- different coasts, but there's something. Anyway, that's about, about as far as I can go. What do you, what's your reaction? Um, I think it's really true for my personal experience, you know, um, I've learned to just have a lot of self-love, you know, for myself. Um, and like you talked about boundaries, boundaries are difficult for Pisces. You know, I've learned to set better boundaries. Sometimes they're, they're strong, but I have to do it. Um, you know, I have been searched for the, a partner, you know, a loving partner, but it has to be the right partner. You know, I, be, I bet um, you're pretty picky or silly. I, I'm incredibly picky because I am a very unique person. You know, um, I, I'm not that just, oh, I'm just a nurse. I work nine to five. I go and this is and I come home and watch Netflix. That's not me. You know, I, I know my purpose. Like I told you, I see myself as a superhero. I do some. What's, what's, what's your what's your what's your superhero talent or um, it is uh, writing is my superhero power, I will have to say, and telling stories. So, um... well, I'm going to suggest to you that uh, <laughs> th- that you also have the superpower of and you of high sensitivity to some things, yeah, very high. And what what I get from uh, all your stories and your ability to find that the first guy in the coffee shop that's really the beginning of this story even though you you'd been in joshua tree i think before that and seen the monument but that that's maybe where it starts i mean you right. can't tell where any of this starts because it's always going on but we can start with monument uh, the coffee shop 
the grief uh, one man thing and uh, bef and before that uh, the actor coming in uh, and connecting you with Joshua tree again and I'll connect you with the talking tree and Joshua just for the fun of it because uh, I can imagine that <laughs> so th this is this is I think this might this is we're looking at the webs of coincidences Correct. that you live and they are they are so complicated that you can't figure them out because you're in the middle of it you're like a spider with the webs outside you know what you've spun but you don't know what's out there really just hope you catch a fly or something it's it so we're talking about the web of coincidences that you spin and you don't spin them consciously but you just do them because that's what you do so i'm mm -hmm. thinking the high sensitivity illustrated by the inner gps you had to bumble this guy in the coffee shop is like an illustration of a high sensitivity that Ursilia has. I, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm hypersensitive. I mean, I've been ever since I was a, I a think, I think what you need to do is recognize that you've got this high sensitivity to lots of inputs and then begin to hone it for particular kinds of inputs instead of having it maybe be as as more disorganized as it probably is right now but but to recognize that you're not it's not the writing it's there as that's important mm -hmm. but you as a being strike me as having a super sensitivity that you can hone to the kind of content you would like to have and what, if that's true, what kind of content would you like to have? Content as of your in... movie, of your movie that you're sensitive to create. You have sensitivity to creating a movie. That's what right. you can. That's what you've got. So what kind of movie do you want your sensitivity, your producer, your writer to create? Um, I do like musicals as well you know like you said <clears throat> but what's what what do you want uh, rom and, and, I, and i guess i could say romantic comedies sure Roman that's the best i'm with you on that one because uh, sometimes who doesn't love a rom-com come on right well if you if you that's a one it's a good entree la, the rom-com um that general genre but then within it to have a lot of these coincidences not just there are a lot of coincidences in rom-com so it's like they're often there but to create a romantic comedies that are instructive that you can write yes, about very good that you very can write good. about and make do a screenplay very good and that's that's what i'm i'm working on a couple of screenplays actually and you, um and I'm also working on a conscious dating book where um, I'm putting in these stories of coincidence in that I share, you know, and <laughs> to show that we're all interconnected and, and how uh, we really need to be present, you know, and how love is is good. You know, there's so many people out there. I, have you read the 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 articles on how men are um, not dating, not having sex, are more isolated, you know? Um, I think that's very sad. That doesn't have to be women that are way. intimidating, man. Women are getting angry. I don't know why. I mean Oh yeah. <laughs> it's part of it's part of the zeitgeist, know, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's very sad, you know. Um Well, let's we're gonna end, but I think what I end with what I hear 
is that use synchronicity, use coincidences yes. to help men uh, understand and find what they might be looking for in another person as, as guideposts. So what can you do for us guys through your screenplays that make it so that we can look for coincidences that might lead us to a more loving life? Well, I think the problem is men need to be more in their heart. And um, sometimes men tend to be more in their ego, you know. Well, besides uh, the problem, yes, I agree with you. you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do be about more present, that? be more conscious, you, you know, and, and you, just have fun and enjoy oh, life. I, I very much agree <laughs> you with know? you. I very much agree with you. So that's what they can do. That's what my, can, you know. Then you need romantic comedies in which the man is transformed from in his head to in his heart using exactly. coinc using coincidences there you go boom that's, that's what you got and you've you've got a bunch of experiences that can help in that direction right right and i think that's excellent yeah well i i, I hope you do it and i think it's i think it's uh it's far out and groovy as we used to say and santa monica ninth and santa monica it's where i used to be uh far <laughs> out and groovy and uh Thank you very much for being on the show, Ursilia. Well, uh, thank you, Dr. Bateman. It's always great to connect with you and talk to you about this stuff. It's super awesome. So, and, and thank you. And ha having two fish trying to struggle in what we were <laughs> with love is like right there. So yeah. thanks, thanks again for being with me. Awesome. Thank you so much. This cycle is a mantle. Like a hologram of cosmic consciousness.